Pastor Dave here, coming to you for First Word, beautiful snowy Linwood, Minnesota. Maybe the last snowstorm of the year. Let's cross our fingers. Uh, but it is pretty out, I'll, I'll grant it that, and it's only a few inches, so that makes me happy. First Word is a podcast where we study the book of Mark together. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 9. Um, we're going to uh, read it in a second here. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we've been going through it, the Mark, fairly slowly. Read a few verses and talk about it. So if you're new to the Bible, this is a great place to learn about it. If you've been studying it for, the, for a long time, there's always something new to discover. So in Mark 9, we have this interesting two stories that are kind of opposites. And, and it's this, uh, this illustration of a story that it seems like everybody intuitively knows they're a part of. The Bible is trying to tell this grand narrative, the story of good and evil, the story of, of redemption and forgiveness, the story of our existence from God's point of view. And so many of our movies have a hero who gives or risks his or her life for the benefit of others. If you think about it in different ways, there's, there's, a, there's always, not always, but so often that's the story of a movie, self-sacrifice, doing something for the benefit of others is always seen as heroic. And the villain will always act as a selfish character, very self-focused. Good as selflessness, good as self-sacrifice is deep in us. We know it's right and true. We know when we see it, we recognize uh, the heroism, we recognize the beauty. Bible says that we are a part of this grand narrative, this grand story. The world makes movies as if it intuitively knows it's true. And these stories that we read in the book of Mark kind of plays this out. And the disciples once again get it wrong. Jesus shows them what it means to truly be a hero. So let's read Mark 9, 20 to 41. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were. Because he was teaching his disciples, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking a child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. The word of the Lord. So we have Mark 9, 20, and Jesus again predicts his death. He did it in Mark chapter 8. He does it here in Mark 9, and he'll do it again in Mark chapter 10. Jesus is starting his journey to Jerusalem, to the cross. And he uses this son of man language, which is used in Daniel 7. And the Jewish people that knew the scriptures well would recognize that. And interestingly, in Daniel 7, it's this picture of the end times when Jesus will return to make all things right. And in that chapter, the Son of Man has authority over all men. 
He is coming to exercise that authority and to set up this beautiful kingdom where the, where the Son of Man will be king in essence, but a self-sacrificing king. But now in this chapter, in Jesus' time, the Son of Man willingly places himself under the authority of sinful men. Jesus, the creator of the universe, is about to go to unimaginable lengths to redeem his creation. He's going to have this heroic act. Talks about it in Philippians 2, a good chapter to read. Meanwhile, Jesus' followers, the ones who are supposed to be like him, are arguing about who is the greatest amongst them. It seems like as soon as Jesus asked, hey, what were you guys arguing about? They immediately knew it was a really bad conversation. (laughs) They immediately knew it was one of those convos that you want to have as brothers and sisters, but you know mom shouldn't hear because mom's going to chew you out if she hears you have the convo. So they were having this debate about who was the greatest. And then Jesus asked them and he sits them down. He doesn't appear, and again, we don't get tone and all, you know, all of the eye, eye, body language, facial language, but he sits them down and he seems to patiently show them the way of the cross. And he says in verse 35, if anyone wants, wishes to be first, let him be the last and the servant of all. If anyone wishes to be first, let him be the last and servant of all. This is the heroic way. This is the beautiful way. Jesus was about to live this out at the last supper. He takes the position of a slave at the cross. He takes the position of a criminal. Then Jesus takes a little child and he sits the child in the middle of the circle. And it's kind of interesting that he does this. Scholars debate the reasons why. Jesus's followers, you and I, he seems to be saying this. I think this is the best explanation that you and I, we should be concerned about the weakest and most humble members of our community. So think about that. Who are they? Who are the weakest and most humble members? Jesus says, in receiving those who are weak and humble, they will be receiving Jesus himself. Verse 37, when it says in my name, you could, you could put in there for my sake, whoever welcomes one of the little children in my name, whoever welcomes one of these little children for my sake, whoever welcomes the weakest and most vulnerable of your community for my sake welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. A good challenge. Instead of arguing for our own importance and our own notoriety, um, to find ways to serve, to find ways to welcome the weakest and the most vulnerable for Jesus' sake. For in doing so, we welcome not only Jesus, but God the Father. Friends, Tuesday, may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for joining us for First Word. Hope it was encouraging to you. Thanks for our artwork by Emily Lemon, our sound production by Chris Stoltzman. And we'll finish with some original music by my friend uh, Lonnie Leo. Have a great day.